Hello, folks. Welcome to Notoriously Episcopalian, a podcast of sermons from me, Kelly Hudlow, an itinerant Episcopal priest in Alabama. Thanks for listening. This is a sermon offered on the second Sunday in Lent, March 13, 2022, at St. Barnabas Episcopal Church in Roanoke, Alabama. The principal text for the sermon is Luke chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. The Pharisees warn Jesus to get away from Jerusalem. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I'm here to report that when you are recovering from a broken ankle, you spend a lot of time watching TV or streaming things on Netflix or scrolling through social media just to pass the time, especially on any sort of social media site like Facebook or TikTok. Minutes can quickly turn into hours as you get lost in cute cat videos or angry posts or bad news, both here and abroad. Given everything that has been going on in the world for the past couple of years, it is no surprise that Merriam-Webster added to the dictionary the word doom scrolling in 2020 to refer to this practice of just continually going through Facebook or going through Google at search results, results reading more and more bad news no matter how bad it makes you feel. And so it's most likely not surprising to you to hear that in the past couple of weeks when I've been scrolling through news feeds, a lot of what I've been reading about or post about the coming war in Ukraine or the war in Ukraine once it began. It's sort of interesting, right? This maybe is the first conflict that we've had where we can watch in real time on our phones what is happening in a country across the world. We see videos of ordinary Ukrainians doing remarkable things to protect their country. We see images of people at the border trying to escape to safety and see how they're received by Polish citizens who offer, you know, um, um, baby strollers and food and coffee to, to welcome them in. We also see images and videos of Russian tanks and videos of missiles being fired at night. And because everyone that has a smartphone is now a news reporter, we do also get lots of videos and images from inside Kyiv and surrounding areas of ordinary people showing damages done to their home and how they are doing their best to just keep living under these circumstances. In all the coverage of the war, Ukraine's president, a sort of unlikely hero, has emerged, Volodymyr Zelensky, right? He's a former actor and comedian. He was elected a couple of years ago, and when he was given the chance to evacuate to safety, he declined. And he has stayed in the country, leading the resistance, and responding to threats of of the Russian president, Vladimir Putin. This week, Zelensky, inside Kyiv, was interviewed by a group of journalists. And he said in that interview that the only way that this war was going to end was if he and Putin had a conversation. That the only way to end war was through dialogue. And before you think that Zelensky is either sort of lost it or maybe it's too naive, when he was asked did he trust Putin, he said absolutely not. The only people I trust right now are my family. But even with no trust, Zelensky stated again, the only way this war was going to end is if there was a conversation between him and Putin. 
It's a rather remarkable thing to hear from a man who is putting up an amazing fight, but who most experts agree the odds are very much stacked against. He wasn't asking for more weapons or more war or bigger and badder war. He was quite convinced that the only way that that war in his country was going to come to an end was for him and Vladimir Putin to sit at a table and have a conversation. When the Pharisees show up to warn Jesus that Herod wants to kill him, Jesus knew that the odds were stacked against him. He already knew how his story was going to end. He had been on the road to Jerusalem, right, since way back in chapter 9. And he's been teaching and trying to prepare his disciples for what's to come because he knows it's not going to be easy. Many scholars agree that the Pharisees showing up at this moment to warn him about Herod do not have pure intentions. They are playing at politics. They either want to dissuade Jesus from continuing in his miracle working or to get him to not go to Jerusalem but to go someplace else so he would be somebody else's problems. Sometimes I think we have this image of Jesus, right, of this this pure and holy man that's above all of the world's problems and all of the political machinations that are going on around him. But here Jesus makes it very clear that he is aware of the Pharisees' subterfuge because he knows that they can go back. If they haven't been sent by Herod, they certainly are acting in accordance with what Herod would like. And so he tells them to go back to Herod, that fox, which is not a compliment, Jewish folks did not see foxes as cute little furry animals that we maybe see on the internet nowadays. It meant a fox was a cunning and distrustful person, somebody that sneaks in and destroys what is precious. And so Jesus tells the Pharisees to go back to Herod, that fox, and to give him a message. Part of that message is that Jesus is going to Jerusalem and that Jesus understands what happens to people like him in Jerusalem because Jerusalem is the city that kills the prophets. Now the Bible doesn't give us very many details about how many of the prophets died, but there were these extra biblical stories that were sort of told around campfires that sensationalized sort of the graphic parts of their death. And so Jesus knew that to go to Jerusalem as a prophet, as a man sent by God, was going to result in a painful and likely horrific death. But Jesus insists that no matter how much the odds were stacked against him, that Jerusalem was where he must go. Now last week, we heard the story of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. It's how we begin every Lent, with Jesus being flung by the Holy Spirit out into the wilderness, or as Luke describes it, Jesus being filled with the Spirit, going into the wilderness, and facing the temptation of using his power for his own wants and desires, right? If you're hungry, then make yourself something to eat. If you are so beloved by God, throw yourself off this building so God can save you and you can be a superman. Or here, if you just worship me, I will give you all the power in the world. And three times Jesus denies those temptations. Today's reading shows us what God wants us to do when faced with the temptations of the world on our way to Jerusalem. Jesus now faces the earthly power of Herod, and his response is to send word back to that fox by the Pharisees that he is going to keep casting out demons and healing the sick today, tomorrow, and the next day, no matter what the fox has to say about it. 
And to those that are in Jerusalem that he knows that will conspire to kill him, he does not offer threats of violence, but instead reminds them that God's desire has always been to gather the people and to protect them as a hen protects her chicks. Even in this moment, when the odds are against him, Jesus knows that the risk of apparent defeat, that his only response is to do the work of reconciliation that will finally be completed on Easter morning. So now we live in a world of doom scrolling. We follow a war that gets riskier every day, not just to the Ukrainians, but to the whole world. We see news of our own political foxes in this country passing laws and using rhetoric that threaten and isolate the most vulnerable in our communities. We could create a laundry list of the people that we're currently supposed to hate for various different reasons. LGBTQ+, women, persons of color, trans children, people living in poverty, the sick, those in prison, Republicans, Democrats, it depends on which side you are. We can make a long list of those that we're supposed to include. And we now have a choice faced with the powers of this world. We can give in to the threat, we can remain silent, and maybe we can even scatter to try to protect ourselves. Or we can hear the words of Jesus that when the odds were stacked against him, the only way was the way to Jerusalem marked by reconciliation, that it was a way marked with healing. It was a way that does not call us or Jesus to be naive to the powers of this world. It is a way that we tread knowing the risk. We know that the fox is in the hen house certainly now. And we know that the world may look at us and think that we are foolish. But our answer today is the same as Jesus' answer was so long ago on the way to Jerusalem. We're called to keep casting out demons. We are called to keep healing people today, tomorrow, and the next. We are called to keep gathering up and protecting the people that the world cast out. Amen.